Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast, The Abolitionists, where we interview very important people that are shaping the United States. Before we get started, we're going to talk about a fellow called John Brown. John Brown was an American abolitionist born in Torrington, Connecticut on May 9, 1800. He was born into a family who had strong and extreme belief in anti-slavery. When he was grown, he got married twice and was a father to about 20 children. After marriage, Brown started many failed businesses where he traveled often and his family followed him through Ohio, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, and New York. In 1842, he declared bankruptcy and started conducting the Underground Railroad to further support abolition. He started the League of Gileadites, a group which helped many slaves escape the United States to Canada. He then moved to a free black farming community in North Elba, New York, and six years later moved to the Kansas Territory. In 1855, when John had moved into Kansas, the Lawrence sacking occurred. This led John Brown to capture five men and brutally murder them. Following this, he killed a slave owner and freed 11 slaves in Missouri. In 1859, he rented a farmhouse in Virginia, which is now West Virginia, near Harper's Ferry, where he trained 21 men to attack and capture the federal arsenal. Capturing this would change the lives of slave owners forever. The plan would take place on October 16, 1859, and supply slaves with weapons, like rifles and pikes, where the slaves would join his army and carry him forward to free many slaves along the Appalachian Mountains. The raid did not go as planned, for slaves didn't join in, resulting in most of Brown's men to be captured or killed by the local militias in United States Marine Corps, led by Robert Lee. Brown was brutally injured and found guilty of murder, slave insurrection, and treason against the state of Virginia, leading him to be hung on December 2nd, 1859. Now let's welcome William Lloyd Garrison. My name is William Lloyd Garrison. I am an abolitionist and a very strong believer in the immediate emancipation of slavery. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about your childhood, upbringing, and current life? I was born December 10th, 1805, in Newburyport, Massachusetts. My father was an itinerant seaman who deserted deserted my family. I became the editor of the National Philanthropist and the Journal of the Times. I started my first newspaper in 1826, the Newburyport Free Press, which failed. I became part of the abolitionist movement at age 25. I started my second newspaper, The Liberator, in 1831. It was devoted to educating the people who haven't seen slaves or people who don't have them. I was a convert from the American Colonization Society. It promoted the idea to send all free blacks back to Africa. Most of the people only supported it because they wanted free blacks in Africa and not the free ones to stay, which promoted slavery. In 1832, I founded the New England Anti-Slavery Society, which supported the immediate emancipation of slaves. The following, year, the following year, I helped found the American Anti-Slavery Society, which also supported the immediate emancipation of slaves. I wrote its Declaration of Sentiments and served as its first corresponding secretary. I denounced the Compromise of 1850, condemned the Kansas-Nebraska Act, donned the Dred Scott decision, and hailed John Brown's Harper's Ferry Raid as God's method of dealing retribution upon the head of the tyrant. In 1854, I publicly burned a copy of the Constitution at an 
abolitionist rally in Framingham, Massachusetts. This was because I believe that the Constitution was a pro-slavery document. Frederick Douglass said that the Constitution could be used to end slavery. I felt betrayed by him, so I attacked him in the Liberator. He responded to it, so I attacked him more intensely. In 1865, the 13th Amendment was ratified, so I attempted to end the American Anti-Slavery Society, but failed, so I resigned. In 1865, I published my last issue of The Liberator and announced my vocation as an abolitionist has ended. So even though you aren't involved in the movement (laughs) now as you were then, do you still support the abolition movement? I continue to support the abolitionist movement, but I wasn't active in it. Okay, thank you for your time, Mr. Garrison. The next story will be for Frederick Douglass. Hello, Frederick. Uh, I was born into slavery in or around 1818 in Talbot County, Maryland. I was never sure of my exact birth date, but my mother was a Native American ancestry. After several failed attempts of escaping, I finally left Convoy's Farms in 1838, first boarding a train to Harvey D. Grace, Maryland. When I was, or when I escaped, I became I became a prominent activist, author, public speaker, and leader in the abolitionist movement before and after the Civil War. I'm an advocate for women, of women's rights, specifically the rights uh, of women to vote. My legacy as an author and leader will live on. My work served as an inspiration in the civil rights movement of the 1960s and beyond. Thank you for that, Douglas. Now let's talk to Harriet Tubman and see her action-packed life. I was perhaps the most well-known of all the Underground Railroad's conductors. I was born into slavery. I was born in Maryland. I changed my name to Harriet upon my marriage. I was known for coming back to the South after I escaped to get my family and friends. I was friends with a lot of famous people. I was a spy, scout, and nurse in the Civil War. In one of my fights in the Civil War, they saved over 700 enslaved people. My role in the raid was celebrated in the press, increasing my fame. Thank you for that, Ms. Tubman. We have one more guest here today, and her name is Lucretia Mott. My name is Lucretia Mott. I'm an abolitionist, women's rights activist, and religious reformer. I was born on January 3rd, 1793 in Nantucket Island, Massachusetts. I was raised as a Quaker, just like my parents were, and I'm the second of five children. When I was 13, I went to a Quaker boarding camp and exceeded my education. And a few years later, I became an assistant teacher there and met my husband, James Mott. Later on though, I left that job to become a Quaker minister and I was noted for my speaking abilities, which attracted more people into listening to what I had to say. Then while I had been doing that, I also argued for the abolitionist cause as a member of William Floyd Garrison's American Anti-Slavery Society. Over time, I started speaking louder for women's rights and eventually eventually published a book called Discourse on Women, which is a reasoned account of the history of women's repression, and it was a big hit in the States. The book brought more opportunities for me 
one of which being able to help co-write the Declaration of Sentiments in 1848 for the First Women's Rights Convention in Seneca Falls, New York. I also helped in establishing Swarthmore College and I was instrumental in ensuring that it was co-educational. I think my work served as an inspiration to almost every woman and I believe that I will be a small part in helping end slavery. Thank you, Ms. Mott, and thank you for listening to our podcast, Meet the Abolitionist.